Shock the System. Welcome to Dank Discussions with me, Calican CEO Maynard Breslow. In each episode, you'll learn from the trailblazers, leaders, entrepreneurs, and influencers in the ever-moving, ever-growing cannabis industry. Hey there, everybody. Welcome to Dank Discussions. Today, we're joined by Ella Cressman. Ella is a licensed esthetician, skincare guru, cannabis enthusiast, and business owner of HHP Collective. Thanks for joining us today, Ella. Thank you. I'm super excited to be here. Super excited to have you on. Really excited to talk about for this topic, that's for sure. So let's start off uh, letting our listeners know where you're located today, where you're based out of. So I'm based out of Wheat Ridge, Colorado, which we like to say we are very very West Denver. So we're adjacent to Denver. It's a suburb um, and it's like a great big small town right smack dab to the west of Denver. Right. Yeah. Like, you know, kind of grand zero, obviously, of the, uh, the legal recreational market. But you uh, have a different kind of look, outlook. Huh? You have a, you come from skincare, obviously, esthetician. Um, and I would love to hear, you know, your background on, on that and your transition to cannabis. Well, I think um, it's my life is kind of a series of whoopsie daisies and this is no different. Uh, my journey with cannabis is in and out of the industry several times or in and, in and out of the influence, <laughs> no pun intended. But my journey started <laughs> nice. with, um, in, in how did I get to become an esthetician was a big roundabout way. I, I initially was gonna go to school for nursing because I love anatomy and physiology and chemistry. It was just super emotional. And um, in, during my prereqs, I worked at an uh, Alzheimer's home and I couldn't handle the emotional part of it. So I decided that I would then pursue the most non-emotional career ever, which was then business and accounting. And so from that, I ended up working in industrial construction for the majority of my 20s in, in administration. And I was in my late 20s and I was like, this sucks. Mm. I had reached, I was in a good old boy society. It was way before me too. It was very sexist and I could handle it because I've grown up with brothers and you know, I'm a rough and tumble princess. I could handle it, but I hated it. I woke up every day, you know, with expletives like, oh crap, I got to get going. I got to go to work. I hated it. So it was a blackhead that changed my life and I'll save that story for another day. But it was, uh, it was like, I don't know what I want to do. I just want to do something different. And then I saw a blackhead and it was like, on my dad, and he hates when I tell the story, so I'll save the rest of the details, but it was like an Oprah moment, an aha, like, oh my gosh, all of a sudden I started remembering my favorite commercials were the ones where, you know, the water comes in and swoops out to pour with all the dirt in it, or the shavers and all these things, and I'm like, that's, I remember my first blackhead experience, and I remember, I love that part, and so it's very much goes back to my initial love of physiology and chemistry, and I said, that's it, I'm going to be an esthetician. So I went back to school full-time for aesthetics and I um, still continued to work in construction administration. And it, I had a subpar education, but immediately afterwards, I opened up my own business. And this is right before the economic crash of 2008. So this was in 2006, 2007. And quickly, so I went from getting paid a very decent salary, a very reliable salary with full benefits to now paying to work somewhere, no clientele. So I quickly had to learn what would keep me sustained in, in hard times. And that was corrective skincare. And it just happened to marry some of my passions. 
Um, soon after that, it became, because my education was subpar, I just sought out every continuing education opportunity I could. Met a lot of great people, ended up becoming an educator for advanced education. So I've been an educator in that field from learning a lot of, I was able to learn something and explain it in a palatable way. So became really well known in Colorado as, as a kick-ass educator in the skincare world. Soon after that, I became a certified organic formulator with the, every intention of creating Ella's amazing skincare, something super cheesy like that, and then didn't, didn't really have that greatest fit. In 2014, uh, because of a speed date, I ended up meeting a guy who said he owned a lot of, uh, I think he owned three grows. Uh, this is back in medical marijuana times and recreational times, and he owned a couple of dispensaries. And he said, why don't you start formulating with CBD? And I said, that, what is that? Remember my aha moment with Oprah, uh, my Oprah moment with the skincare portion. This is the same thing that happened of in and out marijuana. One of my earliest memories, my mom would kill me if I told this story, but it's her rolling a joint at her 29th birthday party. My parents were hippies, homesteading hippies at the time. We lived in a cabin with no running water, nothing. It was just part of life. And then later it became something illicit. It came, became something that they hid from us. And then in high school, it became something fun. You know, this is in Snoop Dogg days. Um, this is when I was in high school. So it was something that was fun and illicit and, and something naughty that we did, but it wasn't medicine at the time. And then I had a bad trip, not a bad trip, but I had a really bad high once. And I decided, oh, you know, I'm grown. I'm more mature. I'm going to let this go. Even though I live in a legal state and a recreational and med medical stuff. So at the same time, when he said, what about CBD? I started doing research. I started networking with people and I started hearing these stories of, it was the first time I had really thought of marijuana as medicine, um, cannabis as medicine. So I, I heard stories how cannabis changed lives. At the same time, I'm reading these papers on the anti-inflammatory benefits, uh, the sebacite differentiation, which is a fancy way of saying oil production control. Uh, of, of super antioxidant value. So I was hearing anecdotal and reading the medical evidence that there's something to this. So I started bringing in what was available at the time into my practice, because I, I own a skincare studio in Wheat Ridge. And so a corrective skincare studio. So where I brought it in was, let's see how this fits in. And at the time, the only thing that was available were muscle rubs or um, pain salves and such and just a few companies on the market and they were available at the dispensary. There was nothing over the counter at the time. Still brought them in, still started using them, still started seeing some really great results, especially with acne. And uh, I don't know if you want me to continue on, but I started at that time, I trying to find out who was using it. And there was some really great companies some pioneers. And I reached out to them and again, nothing was appropriate to use in a professional setting. So he said, hey, would you take that? I can use this. I can use your body butter <laughs> and, and make it appropriate. Would you consider making this, making products? This is you reaching out to them and saying that you, you yeah. want to now formulate, you want to take the, you know, just can't find yeah. anything really over the counter and that kind of uh, make your own thing. You said you had that dream before, you know, Ella's yep. skincare and everything. And uh, now here, here it is with this uh, yeah. opportunity. So from exactly, exactly. How do we make this appropriate for the market? And so that was 2015 when I started working with them. And the trade-off was, yes, we'll do that if you can help us educate the market. No problem. 
So I took the education experience I had in the professional skincare world, the ingredient understanding, and then the way to make what we call as a protocol. It's like a recipe for how to do something. Uh -huh. How do we turn this into a protocol that's appropriate and effective? And so I uh, started working with that company, um, which was CBD Care Garden. And then I started working with Ben Fuchs of Treat, Truth Treatments and also Mox Mind Body. And then most recently, um, so I was director of education for CBD Care Garden. I was a consultant for uh, Ben Fuchs. Uh, several of the companies have worked in the education department for Lyric Clinical, Image International Skincare, and then uh, most recently was Color of Therapeutics. And so I was the vice president of sales and education uh, because that's the other part. How do you sell it? was very education-based, which is not unique to the professional market, but it is a unique portion of the skincare market because now we're talking about things that are outside of application. You know, if you want to, traditionally, if you work in a skincare, for a skincare company or you work with skincare, you don't need to understand certain systems of the body for like a vitamin C cream, for example. But if you have a CBD-infused, and I use CBD as a catch-all for all cannabinoids, you have to explain what is the endocannabinoid system. Mm -hmm. How does it work? Other questions like explaining why you won't be intoxicated. And this is still in 2000, this is 2015, 2014 still, right? So it's not, not even. Uh, I was with Color Up 2017. Okay, so this is 18. So we're progressing along. It was a lot of changes. So from 2014 mm -hmm. to 2018, this is early 2018, we had already seen, you know, the tide turning of more acceptance. 2014, people were scared. Yeah. People didn't want it. They were nervous. Uh, can I drive after my, my face treatment? You know, am I going to pass the drug test after my massage? Like all questions that you had to answer. And you well, we laugh to... now, but I guess, you know, at that time, it's just, you know, the education and, you know, the, the experience, even like you said, it was kind of like anecdotal. So, you know, we laugh now, right? But, you know, yeah. five years from now, we're going to be laughing at some of the things we think of now and things. Oh, happen. I did it. I did a drug test on my friend. I'm like, okay, I'm going to need you to use this cream every day. <laughs> I'm going to need you to take this test. And she's like, like, it was almost like people would come in, look both ways, see who's looking at them, lean in and whisper, can I get a CBD moisturizer from you? And, and now it's like, you drive down 38th, which is a main vein here in Denver, and there's CBD store flags all the way down. And even at the gas station, you know, we have CBD. Totally different, totally different. And then at the end of 2018, with the Farm Bill passing, it was like people who were waiting, just waiting on the edge to jump in, just started jumping in, and now we see it all over, everywhere. Mm -hmm. Everybody seems to be on it, and, and, and new products are coming out, like shampoos and conditioners. And now we have dedicated products for the skincare market that weren't there before. Now they are. Yeah, I mean, you know, you talk about going all the way back, you know, and obviously everything that we're doing, you know, with in, within the industry, so much about it is getting rid of that stigma um, you know, that's associated with not just with stoner culture, but also talking about the efficacy and, and how do you know this works? And I guess, you know, uh, going back to all the way back then throughout the process, um, you know, we, we try and rely so much on the research and obviously that's uh, a huge topic that's still, uh, we have a huge gap there we we're trying to fill here. Um, but you, you know, you're saying jumped, you know, anecdotal evidence. Now, how do you balance that? You know, as an esthetician, people are coming to you, um, you know, you're developing new products. Is it just something um, that you are going to try and, you know, trial and error? 
or um, explain to me that process kind of, of, of developing even the products from, from the beginning. All of that. <laughs> All of that. Yes. Uh, so definitely the efficacy is important. And it kind of starts with managing expectations too. Um, and I can explain a little bit uh, and product, deliberate products. So if we have, um, can you hear me okay? Yeah, he's great. Okay. So for example, well, let's just, before we get there. So you have to understand a couple of things. One, cannabinoids period work. And so there's definitely passion arguments over isolate or full spectrum or broad spectrum or non-detect or all the other marketing terms that come out. So one of the first things that needs to be decided, full spectrum, broad spectrum, because both make different audiences comfortable for different reasons. Mm -hmm. The other thing that you need to understand is by itself, uh, whether it's full spectrum or CBD isolate, they either or need essential fatty acids to penetrate in the skin to have any kind of efficacy. Mm. So that yes. understanding means you have to pair this with intentional ingredients. So if we look at something like pigment, for example, there's something called a melanogenesis property that cannabinoids have. And what that means is we have, when we get a suntan, it's kind of like transitional lenses and glasses. You know, people who have eyeglasses that are transitional, they go outside and they turn into sunglasses. That's what our skin is. Our skin, uh, brings pigment to the surface in order to protect, like, like mm. the eyeglasses would protect our eyes. Our pigment is to protect our internal organs. Um, so the sunburn and all that. And, yeah, you know. so it's an, it's an effort to protect us, even though the sun doesn't understand, look, I'm in Cabo, I just wanna have a couple drinks and lay on the beach. It thinks it's protecting us long-term because biologically it just has a cut up. Mm -hmm. So what happens, that is melanogenesis, it makes melanin, but oftentimes it gets stuck and we get age spots. Mm. or um, it's from trauma pigment from an acne scar or a scratch or something and that that pigment stays around the body thinks it's helping but we're good we good body we got this so cbd or cannabinoids have shown to have a melanogenesis property that that say like it's regulating who should become a, a tan or an extra pigment and who shouldn't very similar in sebocyte differentiation so that is our body's oil so our body's oil is a protectant too and if there's too much or too little, there's a deficit. Your skin is dry or your skin is oily, and then there's opportunity for acne. So these are things that, that work really well, but if it's just sitting on top of the skin, it's not gonna help. You have to have complementary ingredients. Appropriate oils for the last example that I mentioned for acne, for you can't just put cannabis inside raw coconut oil and put it on your face and go, it's gonna work because those two are fighting each other. Mm, you, know, yeah. you can put it into a fractionated coconut oil or a medium chain triglyceride or into another essential fatty acid like hemp seed oil, which is probably best, and have a really nice, beautiful uh, help, uh, help along for the skin so that acne is not an issue or it becomes under control, you know, manageable. Oh, oh definitely. And I mean, that brings up so many other um, you know topics just even right there you know where you talk about you know put sitting stuff on top of the skin it doesn't work it's got to be able to penetrate right now is that just for everything or is that when you know for treating acne or it may is it going to be different um for for something else you know you talk about sunspots or you know is, how broad does this really get into and how um specific you know each products have to be made um, for 
you know, for, for certain conditions or things that people are looking, you talked about corrective skincare. So obviously that in, in and of itself is an entire topic. I agree. And I think I have to disclaim that look, I'm obviously a licensed esthetician and I come from the standpoint of very specific. So I use an eye cream for my eyes, uh -huh. I use a body cream for my body, and I use a face cream for my face because they're all different uh, types of skin. They all mm -hmm. work differently. So some people say I can use a head to toe, the same moisturizer. They're not wrong. I'm just more right. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> they're not wrong. At least they're using something. Amen. But there is, so my point of view is going to be something deliberate and intentional. And each thing is going to have deliberate and intentional, but crossover ingredients. So it, it's, it's about as unique as you want it to be. So it depends mm -hmm. on the company that wants to develop that product and you you can have things that help address dry skin and oily skin by a balancing oil you know like a face oil or the right kind of moisturizer with the right mix that also includes terpenes that's going to change efficacy that includes plant stem cells that's going to change efficacy so there's a lot of contributing factors to it and i it's no wonder that the consumer is confused about what should i get because yeah. there's so many things out there and there's so many people pointing fingers like no, our thumbs at themselves, don't get what I tell you to get. But the truth is that skin is like snowflakes and everyone's super unique. <laughs> so um, there's catch-all products and then there's very deliberate products and it's appropriate for each, you know? Yeah, no, definitely. And it's so funny you say that because, you know, about the moisturizer for the whole body and, you know, you see the meme that's, you know, marketed towards women it's like we've created the perfect cream for your left elbow and then for the dude it's marketed like one one you know for your head to toe body you know so it's just yeah. kind of like and you talked about that it was kind of like plays into it a little bit i guess you know now you know obviously cbd is just uh you know it's a buzzword in outside of the industry right it's it's a buzzword um you know people looking for the green rush people who are just trying to get in the industry people who don't know anything about um, you know, even let alone corrective skincare, they're not licensed statisticians as you and been doing this for 15 years and, um, you know, and people just want to get into it because of that. So there's an aspect of, you know, marketing it as CBD just because for the sake of it, just to slap something on there, you know, yes, I see it all the time. Efficacy, right. So how, you know, there is that aspect of marketing and all that. So how do you, you know, how are we supposed to balance that? Um, and how we can really, can we, can the consumers educate themselves, um, not only from the consumer side, but also from, from our side, you know, being responsible um, businesses and the development of these new products, um, you know, how can we really balance that efficacy versus trying to get something out there to the people um, and people can learn from that? Yeah, unfortunately, you see both. And so ha having run, I'll just, I'll try to keep it brief, but having run a one of the first CBD skincare studios in my area, we get hit with a lot of CBD companies wanting to come in. And it happened last week. I'll start with saying that the key is education and advocation. So as a consumer, you need to advocate and, and ask a lot of questions. And as a, as a brand, you need to be able to transparently answer and educate, right? So we had someone call and they wanted to present us with this uh, CBD skincare line. And we said, that's great. So um, the manager here at the shop, she coordinated her to come in and everyone here at the shop is extremely well-versed and we all get to try. So I get 
part of my HHP collective is to help companies develop products that are effective and appropriate and then from there develop the education program. So we test everything out here. So it's kind of fun. Anyone who works here has a blast. And they're all extremely well-versed. Everyone is. So she, this person comes in and brings her line in. Oh my gosh, is the packaging beautiful. And wow, are their sales forms like on point, like their offer and their samples. And they've got all of that. It's a, it's a wrap. You know, so she starts passing out the the system, and uh, she's talking about how they just got investors, so they're going to be able to do this, and they're going to be do that, and, and it's in this magazine now, and that magazine now, and I'm thinking, that's amazing, and heck yeah, because I know, I've helped companies, I know what a feat that is, and I'm like, right on, you know, high five, because that's awesome, but does it work? This is before we've even smelled anything. And uh, what's the price point? So it was led with sales. That tells me one thing. And then when she's passing around the product, you, you, I could feel, and I'm a trained eye, so it's a lot different, but you yeah. can feel the difference. So my next thing is, great, can I see the box and the list of ingredients? And so the consumer is hard because on the front of the box, it says sulfate-free, phthalate-free, um, organic, and full-spectrum hemp. And so, but on the back of the box, it had... Cannabidiol was the ingredient. So that says to me that that's isolate, not full spectrum. Mm -hmm. And also listed was fragrance, which is often, not always, but often keyword for chemicals. And there was a couple of other questionable ingredients. So the packaging in the box looked good. Mm -hmm. It's kind of like dating, you know. <laughs> the first date is awesome. Or you see them on the, on, online and they look so good. Swipe but when right. you, yeah, run. <laughs> <laughs> leave. So when I, and I started asking questions, I'm like, so is it full spectrum uh, or is it full spectrum or is it isolate? Oh no, it's full spectrum. I'm like, oh, okay, that's, that's interesting. Cause it says cannabidiol on the back. Oh, well, I'll have to ask about that. And then the next thing, you know, just there was, the smell was weird. It was really funky. It didn't feel good. It felt really cheap to me after that. And then the next put this poor girl, you know, she had no idea where, where she was walking into. And then the next thing that she said was, you know what they're finding? And she's rubbing the body oil on my assistant's hand. She's like, you know what they're finding is that CB1 receptors in the skin help with hair growth. And I'm thinking, that's not true. <laughs> you know, that, that's my initial reaction. But then understanding that I don't know everything, I'm like, that's interesting because I, you know, CB1 receptors are, I thought were mainly in, you know, the central nervous system where CB2 uh -huh. receptors were found more in the skin. And I didn't understand that that had anything to do with hair growth. And she said, Oh yeah. So, so absolute in her answer. And I said, that's cool. Can you send me that study? And I think that that's something that you have to be as a consumer, you have to be open, right? You have to be open to understanding maybe there's something else that came out and not afraid to ask for the science behind it. So as a consumer, as, as a company, you need to be, helping your staff or your or your representatives spread accurate information you need to make sure that the front of the box matches the back of the box you need to make sure that you're transparent what is fragrance don't put fragrance on in this you know in this consumer climate you can't um, and then the other thing is as a consumer don't be afraid to ask for the science ask for a coa you know a certificate of analysis that shows exactly what is in there Make sure that the batches, and then look at the COA and make sure that, that it's transparent too. So the COA being the certificate of analysis that shows what's the cannabinoid content and whether it's isolate or not. So 
I think in this specific niche market, the consumer has to be so much more savvy than before, than just looking at a commercial where someone uh, tells you hyaluronic acid and because I said so. You have to be more educated on, in, in things, you know, uh, what ingredients are appropriate. Um, is it for you? So luckily, you know, I'm just a one-man band uh, for my clients, but luckily all my clients are super savvy because of the way we do our consultations that they know those questions to ask. And so they're helping to spread that. But um, so it's deep. I think the best thing that could happen is that companies could focus their education portion quick and easy and palatable online. This is why we choose, or just answer the questions. Why did you choose full spectrum or isolate? Why did you choose terpenes? And why did you choose the ingredients you have? And from that, then it's up to the consumer. Well, I mean, that in and of itself, I mean, I could sit here and pick your brain on that all day because that, you know, I, I want to know so much more about that in terms of the skincare, you know, and the cosmetics, even the beauty, all the, all the things that are popping up now. And, you know, you talked about a couple of things there in terms of, you know, you they're bringing in this package and it's beautiful and it's something that someone right away off the shelf or if they land on the on the on the website on the page people are going to be drawn to it right um and maybe they're not going to be to see the coa up there and maybe they have it up there maybe they don't maybe they don't know what it means maybe they're not looking for that right but it's something that you right away with your expertise that you were able to not only look at the ingredients and say okay, there's a few things that are iffy here, but something, you know, being able to touch it, right? That's something that a lot of people won't be able to do before they buy a product, or maybe they do, you know, you go into to lush other places and right away they're like, oh, here, let me give you a hand scrub, you know? So there, there's different things, but that's something that you could feel right away. Now, is that something that, that you can teach to people or is that something that you've just been able to learn over the years? That's one question. Another question is, is you know, you talk about savvy consumers, um, and, and are you, and you talk about the people that you work with, you know, savvy consumers, cause you're just doing a good job of educating. Do you think the, the masses, the, the consumers at large, do you think that they are savvy consumers at this point or that they're still, uh, easily susceptible to, to marketing packaging and all that without kind of digging deeper? I think, yeah. So to answer your first question, of course I could feel cheap because I've, felt, I mean, a Trezillion, um, I'm probably Trezillion in four different things on my hands before. Um, I think that it's easy with Google's help in this time, this day and age, to be able to understand the ingredients and what, you know, it, it's, it's, it's a little complicated because you might see a polymer or you might see something that sounds scary and chemically, but actually it's naturally derived, uh -huh. you know? But you can Google that and you can find out what the natural source is. And I think it's important that companies are transparent with that. But we, we learn that now. It, reading labels is so important. We do that in the grocery store. We should do that with our, our largest organ, which is our skin. Um, so that's the first question. The second question was, can you say that question again? <laughs> it was about having to do with, with savvy consumers Oh, know, savvy consumers. That you're, you're, you're teaching, you know, how, how people can be savvy consumers, but do you think that the, you know, the public at large right now is savvy or they're very susceptible to, to these marketing and sales techniques? Both. Mm -hmm. Both. And, and I think that's true, especially in the CBD industry, but also you could see that in like uh, gummy bears that are labeled fat-free 
of course mm. they're fat free, but they there's a market that knows that gummy or gluten free, you know, mm. that, that people want gluten free yeah. or grain or something like that. So it's no different in the skincare world where people want anti aging or uh, illuminizing. So there are marketing words. It's a whole industry, and and people are we're we're attracted to pretty or we're attracted to to the shiny. You know, that's just we're attracted to good looking things, and so. I think if you had the same product on the shelf in two different packages, of course, they're going to be attracted to the better look. Uh, not everyone, a majority are going to be attracted to the better one. So I think what's different now than it was in 1999 uh, to 2000 is that the consumer is a lot more aware of some of these hormone blockers of parabens, some of the chemicals that have been long um, accepted and the consumers now, you know, putting their fists in the air saying, not today, not me. Uh, I'm not going to do that. But you still have to look at the totality. You can't just look at what's not on the bottle uh, in these four marketing. You, you can't trust mm-hmm. all the way. You have to be your own advocate for that. So turning it around and at the same time, not being too skeptical, like turning it around, looking at the ingredients and understanding. Uh, you, you might not need to see everything, but looking immediately for for the three sisters, methyl, ethyl, um, and uh, laurel, sulfate, right? So you turn on the back and you look for the sulfates or the parabens, um, and then you look for keywords like fragrance. It doesn't, if it's fragrance 97AB, it doesn't mean you have to know exactly what it is or where it comes from, but it's enough to, you know, to throw up a, a flag and rightfully so. Mm-hmm. That's incredible. I mean, this is, uh, I'm, I love this. I love this because this is something that, um, you know, I'm learning a lot and I hope a lot of people are learning a lot as well. Um, but you know, I guess, you know, going back to that topic of just throw CBD on it and it'll sell, you know, kind of thing and aside, you know, taking aside, you know, what it's going to actually do to you. Are there certain products that you just know? And, it, you know, can you kind of give me a list of like, what are the products that you should have CBD in this, or this is going to help your face. This is going to help. And the stuff that, like you said, there's, there's certain things that, you know, sit on your face, right? So for instance, like bronzer, I don't, I'm not a, I myself am not a, uh, an expert on this, um, but I would like to learn about this and be able to share that. Um, you know, what kind of products would you see these, these uh, should have CBD in it? This having CBD in it is just, it's just bullshit. Um, is, is, that, is that a fair question? That is a fair question. And I'm trying to think of where I've seen, I mean, I think, I think you could put CBD in anything because it's about balancing mm-hmm. is one side of the argument. But the other question is like, if you have CBD in a cleanser, what exactly is it doing? You mm-hmm. know? So I think having it be appropriate at this point, we want just like coconut was big a few years ago. We wanted coconut and Brussels sprouts forever or kale, you know, and everything. I think that's similar to CBD now. Um, I think you can put it in anything for a variety of reasons. Um, What you don't want to do is cross use. So if it's a, uh, for example, and this is real time, true, true. Um, And I have kind of a funny story about this, but someone, there's a company that was selling sublingual, which is under the tongue or a tincture. And I was doing a training for a large chain spa we were talking about all the products that were going to be offered at this point. Someone said, yeah, I've been putting the sublingual on my face and, and my spot is just really lightening up. And I'm thinking like histologically, as far as the skin is concerned, it is not. <laughs> no, it's not lightening up, but right on if that's how you feel. Number one, number two, 
use the product as it's supposed to be. So don't rub the sublingual all over your body. That's designed and formulated with a specific milligram content, with the specific ingredients to go ingested, you know. Yes, it could be put on the skin, but no, it shouldn't. It's the same, don't eat your eye cream. You know, don't try to stick your <laughs> eye cream under your tongue and let it sit and, and, and have it be bioavailable. They're designed with specific ingredients, right? So the eye skin or the lip skin, for example, the lip skin is a lot thinner than face skin. Uh, the lip skin is unique in that it doesn't have sebaceous glands like our skin does, so it doesn't make its own moisturizer or oil. So lip skin is different. So using a lip product means a thoughtfully well-crafted product has that in consideration. So it's going to add CBD for the intention of cell proliferation. So it helps with chapped lips, but also it's going to have something like a hyaluronic or a hemp seed oil that's going to help lubricate that area too. And so you don't need a thousand milligrams, however, in a lip product, but it is appropriate to have that cannabinoids in a lip product too. Okay. I think some key really cool products that includes CBD, deodorant. I think a couple companies have come out with deodorant. Um, the other thing is making sure that you're buying a quality product because there, you mentioned like all these products are slapping CBD in and, and trying to get it out to market as fast as possible, but not all of them are really putting CBD in it. You know, we've seen, unfortunately, they're coming back with either non-detect cannabinoids or they have hemp seed oil instead of. Well, that's a huge extract. problem all across the yeah. all across the industry. It's incredible. Yeah. So looking, so there's even more to it, and it's hard. It's hard to be a consumer. I'm so grateful that I'm in it, and I know I know where all the bodies are buried, or where a lot of them are buried in the industry. So I can tell you who's a good company and who's someone you should keep your eye on. Um, just you know, by their labels or. You tell a lot of who's who's using what lab and so on, just from being in it. But as a consumer, I would be afraid to understand exactly what I should be using and not using. So it is key to understand that, and it is the responsibility of a lot of our all these companies that are coming up with these products to make sure that they're operating in integrity, which is a whole other podcast. But um, so some cool products are definitely not the CB1 receptors in the scalp, but scalp <laughs> health you know, skin health, um, and I wrote an article for CBD Health and Wellness on that particular. I think cannabinoids for dandruff, psoriasis, even thinning hair, hormonal thinning hair is going to be really cool. Deodorant, um, and then, you know, for some of, like, definitely for acne and definitely for aging skin. Those are the ones I'm most excited about right now. Cool. I mean, piggybacking off of that, first of all, this is I found that answer completely fascinating because it kind of, it kind of goes into a lot of what we talk about within this industry in general, where it's like, there's not real one clear cut answer, you know, in terms of what should I be taking for this or what is the best thing for that? And then once again, getting into the whole ethics of how companies are conducting themselves and how much we still have to clean up the industry and how that where, you know, we can do it internally or we can wait for someone else to do it for us. And, um, and uh, pay yeah. the price of that but it's just kind of the same kind of answer where it's like you know it, it's not clear-cut this should have it this this is bs not having it. it's kind of just like no how is it formulated what's in it what's it interacting with and how is that going to interact with that part of the body um as opposed to just like you know a broad broad answer so i really appreciate that 
I think it's important to see CBD, this buzzword or cannabis period. I, I think I mentioned like CBD is a catch-all, but it really means cannabis. Yeah, yeah. Cannabis, including cannabinoids, including terpenes and flavonoids and waxes. I mean, they're finding mm. really great value in some of the uh, byproduct of extracts in the form of waxes. That all of that is just one piece of the pie. That there is more. Um, there is more to it. It's like having a salad made of all of kale. The kale's awesome, yeah, but it's gonna. You still need those other components to have a delicious salad. Mm-hmm. you know, or smoothie or whatever you want to do with your kale. So <laughs> I think soon enough, it'll be one of the quotes I send out is I look forward to a time when cannabis or cannabinoids roll off the tongue as smoothly as antioxidants or vitamin C, because that the normalizing and the conversations that we're having now are going to help with that, dispelling stigmas and normalizing that conversation. So it's like, yeah, of course I, of course I have cannabis in my medicine cabinet or in my beauty bag of course obviously mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. yeah because exactly. it's just gonna make sense um you know piggybacking off your, your answer there you know obviously you know one of my goals is to do a deep dive here and to really get deep in so you know you mentioned the scalp the deodorant the acne the aging and these are all things that obviously um people who, who uh who are passionate about uh these products in general, um, without CBD, you know, people are passionate about curing their acne. This is a huge market. People are passionate about anti-aging products. People are passionate about their scalp and and their hair, taking their hair. Now, can you kind of, you know, give me, you know, what people say, oh, this and that, give me, you know, kind of break down with the scalp, with the deodorant, with the acne, with the aging, what the cannabinoids are doing within that that are helping the products to you know with the efficacy um to to give you you know corrective uh skin care and really get into the bottom of what's going on well i think if we start head to toe yeah (laughs) please as far as the scalp is concerned healthy hair begins with a healthy scalp and so using products that have uh encourage proper cellular turnover. So a lot of times, you know, things that affect our, our scalp health is going to be chemicals over uh, shampooing, uh, chemicals from dyeing our hair or whatever. But that introduction, or fr- really a lot of it is from the neck down or from the inside out. Those all affect things. And so when we look at just topically or just locally, definitely having cannabis, uh, cannabinoids and terpenes affect the scalp health. Okay? Um, and I'll say the same for, for acne as for scalp, that there is a component that starts with inside. So using some of these ingestibles, like a really cool gel cap um, or soft gel, Uh, a good tincture or a good edible, however you choose to consume. Using something inside, CBD is known, specifically CBD, but as you know, that's a catch-all, for helping balancing hormones. can. It can help balance hormones. It can help balance gut health, which gut health is directly related to acne as our hormones, and hormones has a big effect on on your hair loss. You know, your high testosterone will um, help thin your hair, or high estrogen helps you hold on to it. And the same with acne. You know, there, there is that component. So I think having one molecule that can help you know, address all of those things is really important. The other part of that is with deodorant, uh, something that's going to be effective is going to be something that doesn't 
block or stop you from sweating. Sweating is a natural function. And the more you try to stop it, the more it's gonna come out later. So people who, uh, who decide to use a natural CBD infused or cannabis infused deodorant should really give it days, weeks, even like a couple mm. months because you're, you're, you're resetting your system. Wow. Your body's like, okay. We're like blocking it up so much with antiperspirants you're saying and everything. It's yeah. kind of like our body chemistry is changing as a result and yeah. we need to re rebalance it, kind of reset. Wow, that's fascinating. Yeah, if you open the dam, it's gonna come out. So allowing that time, you have to you have to normalize your body to it. So you're gonna to have to carry it around. You can't say it doesn't work until you give it a fair shot. So I've been using natural deodorants for years and I know um, that first couple of months was really hard. Like I was just attached to my deodorant, just kept reapplying and constantly checking, making sure it was good. But that was because I was, you know, the secret was out literally, like the secret was coming out. <laughs> so my body was like, oh, it's okay to sweat. Oh, it's okay to, to get rid of this. So things that uh, should be in it would be um, ingredients that digest the funk, digest the bacteria so that mm. it's not an option. You know, not just cover it up, not just, you know, poopery it for your pit, pit puree it, but mm -hmm. really um, help the funk because the funk is what stinks. You're supposed to sweat. It's supposed to be normal. Add something that helps you know, absorb the perspiration if that's a problem. And if it's a problem, if it's a legitimate problem, then go see somebody about it. Mm -hmm. Like why? There, it's um, Sweating's normal. Like you can't stop a function just because it's inconvenient. You should find out what's going on. And I think, I think going back to when I was telling you about getting in this industry and hearing all these health stories in myself, going on a health journey myself and entering, um, letting cannabis come back into my life and medicinally, what I noticed was this trend of, because like you were saying, no one knows this dosage for this condition or, you know, this specific strain or blend for that. Um, is it hybrid? Is it sativa? Is it indica? All those questions that, that, that come along because everybody's different and everybody's different at different times too. What I feel the biggest tool that cannabis has provided the public is an opportunity to really take charge of their own health and realign with their bodies where we have kind of given up control of understanding our bodies to to modern medicine, you know, we have, uh, we have a cough and we go to the doctor and like, here's some cough medicine, but the problem is post-nasal drip, you know, mm -hmm. so that's just band-aiding it. Where now we, we kind of retune with ourselves. What are my symptoms? What did I notice from this um, application? And, and, you know, we're trying to, we're, we're gaining that control again. And that's one thing that I think is really, really cool is that we are uh, taking back our own health as a culture. That's for sure. That's for sure. And, you know, it's a full, you know, talking about full spectrum, it's a full um, wellness approach, holistic approach, and uh, definitely uh, not just thinking one thing is going to fix me, this thing's going to fix me, that thing's going to fix me, you know, kind of looking at it, like you said, taking back our health, taking back our wellness, um, and educating ourselves. Um, and that and just opens the door, too, to other things that are coming, adaptations are coming. You know, that's, that's, but it's cannabis that started that conversation and, and that fire. And the adaptions are coming for internal and they're coming for external. And it's going to be mushrooms are coming. You know? Yeah, that's <laughs> a lot of talk about that. Yeah, exactly. A lot, so, a lot of, so I'm excited. 
I'm excited. <laughs> it's going to be a fun uh, next 20 years. This decade has been amazing, you know, reflecting on, on, the, um, on the 2010s, the 2020s are going to be incredible, that's for sure. Yeah. Um, switching gears a little bit, you know, uh, tell me about HHP Collective, what you're doing there. You know, I know you have all these companies coming in and you're breaking down and helping them. Uh, but, you know, give, tell, tell us more about what you're doing there at HHP Collective. Oh, the HHP Collective is my love child. <laughs> so it's a marrying of so many different passions. And one of them is to really help companies be successful because I think that's key and that makes the world go round. But those companies are like-minded. They, they want to operate in integrity. They really want to bring quality products to the market from quality suppliers. And it really starts from seed, you know. Uh, so being able to help one company at a time was awesome. Uh, but in starting HHP, I have taken all of the connections that I've made along the way of really down, uh, honest extractors or farmers or people in distribution or people who can help coach you on, on uh, public speaking or social media or all of those things from, from development to implementation to sale and um, being able to navigate the hurdles that I have faced um, or have seen or been witness to or helped companies overcome previously that are unique to this space, taking that experience and really helping other companies get over them a lot faster. So the HHP Collective um, is just that as a collection of professionals that can help from formulation to putting shelf placement and that would be for big box uh, companies or if it's spa related which of course is my forte and one of my first loves how do you get that professional to start using your products so um it's a lot of fun and i get to talk to really cool people every day and i get to see really cool innovative unique products um see you know make it to the market and so that's really neat the market is kind of saturated right now everyone has a salve everyone has a massage oil Everyone has an anti-aging serum and, and a lot of people even have dog treats <laughs> or some kind of pet aspect. So how do you then, if you're coming into the market or if you have an existing company and want to add a CBD component, how do you make it unique? And so that's uh, one of the many things that HHP Collective helps is a good quality product that's going to do what it says it's going to do and that's going to sell, essentially. Uh amazing and um so it's so much more than just formulating or helping it's it's helping people get to market succeed in the market get your get your product on shelves and um yep. make sales that's amazing and you talked about you know helping companies overcome their barriers i guess what has been like the biggest obstacle you you've had to overcome you know how'd you overcome it and what's something that you're still kind of facing that you see you know um within the industry or within what you're doing well, I mean, that's a lot. Um, I'll tell you this story real quick. Uh, one of them is overcoming stigmas. So I was at a training for another large chain massage company who was bringing in CBD massage. And at the training, we went over everything. I think education is key and education is a cornerstone and it should be, especially for any company in this industry. So we're at the training and one of the front desk people were there. We had all the practitioners who explained you know, what an endocannabinoid system is, how it communicates, how, you know, went through a protocol of how you should put it on, answered all the frequently asked questions. No, you can't get high. Yes, you'll pass a drug test. And um, 
this is what people can expect, blah, blah, blah. Okay, great, are there any other questions? And one of the members of the front desk raised his hand. He said, yeah, I was telling my grandma that I was coming here and, and she was really worried. I brought some home for her to try and she was like really worried that if my, nep uh, if my nephew eats it, that he's gonna get high. And I had to pause and I'm like, that is a very fair question but I would be more concerned about why your nephew is eating lotion because that's uh -huh. what he had at the time. And, uh -huh. and that's a real stigma. Like, no, you're, that goes back to, you know, you know, have it be appropriate. And his nephew was seven. So it wasn't like he was a two year old who just came in contact with it, but it was a fear. And so it was more fear of the cannabis infusion than it was fear of the nephew eating lotion. Uh -huh. So that's one thing is dispelling stigmas. Another, you know, the other for companies specifically, it's definitely going to be setting expectations for a product, but also uh, marketing. Marketing is really, really hard because you can't pay for it yet. Uh -huh. So with that banking, um, taking payment is still, I mean, every day it gets a little bit easier, but it's one of the biggest challenges is a lot of these companies couldn't take, you know, we had, there was a lot of work around our traditional methods. And so for, for an industry that was so used to just dropping a credit card and now we're asking for an ACH transfer and why does it say Spain? Like we have to like hit that ahead of time. It's like, yeah, no, that stopped people, fraud. you know, consumers yeah. in the tracks be like, wait yeah. a minute. Yeah, no, we're not, uh, we're not frauding, defrauding you. We're really, this is just what happens. You have to explain it ahead of time. There's a lot of, you know, damage control that you have to do with, no, you should still trust us. No, we're not drug dealers. And then also the stigma of that with, you know, my company, my spa, their payment was shut down uh, for 15 days while the processor reviewed whether or not we were drug dealers. Mm -hmm. And all we do is sell products that are infused. And they, and we had to answer, I think it was like a 15 page thing. Mm -hmm. And it was thousands of dollars held for 15 days yeah. until they could like, all right, you're good. You know, and so. It happens all the time, it happens all uh, the time. Yeah, and how do you cue, what do you write on your website then? That is key. How do you, one of the biggest obstacles is how do you sell when you can't use traditional marketing methods? Mm -hmm. And you know that. That's for <laughs> you sure. You know that that's hard. Yeah. yeah. So it's a lot. There's a lot of challenges, but uh, this is not, you know, luckily this isn't my first or fifth rodeo. So, yeah, exactly. <laughs> yeah. Nice. So we can foresee that now instead of like panicking because this is going on. It's like, no, no, this is going to happen. So we've got to be ready and locked and loaded for it. And then if it doesn't, no big deal, but at least you're ready. Yeah, exactly. Preparing and having different plans and having different solutions on deck and being able to integrate different things. And like you said, you know, people having thousands of dollars withheld and um, sometimes never seeing it back, you know, or like you yep. said, what, what do you do when people uh, come to the site then? And uh, how do you educate people aside from the education that needs to happen in general? But why do you do it like this? Why is the payment method like this? Why... And, mm -hmm. and um and all that so um, why should you put this on your label yeah yeah, yeah. and uh, and a lot of people aren't doing that a lot of people don't have their you know their coas or a lot of people are using someone else's coa there's a lot of shady stuff oh i know or they're sure. expired they're from 2016 and you're like bro yeah this yeah. last year that long <laughs> yeah exactly yeah. very good so what can we expect from ella and hhp collecting in the future we have you know it, the word is out <laughs> so that's exciting i expect we do a lot of you know everybody in our in our organization does a lot of public speaking so you'll see us at conferences at educational things and um just 
sometimes you'll hear about us and sometimes you won't you know most of our work is behind the scenes except for the education of course uh -huh. um, so of course we're very discreet and op operate in strict adherence to non-disclosures but we've helped a lot of really cool companies amazing that's mm -hmm. so cool um so very good and uh, you know seeing as the success, the success that you've had and you know i'd like to ask the question how do you define success and what does success look like for you Oh, it's so cool. I just got chills with you saying that success for me is when you can in There's so many different ways, but in education when you see someone get it Because mm. there's so many different ways to teach and in this, you know You have to teach all three of those different ways on a website without ever meeting someone But if you're in a live training and you can see someone get it and understand it and that aha moment to me That's success Yes, Did it and another thing that is success would be when you, like one, um, one of my clients for HHP Collective, we started with an idea and a concept and there were so many, you know, there were so many hurdles with getting even the testing from the lab and, and the lab to get it on time and this and that and the mix and everything, getting it off to their lab to mix it and their lab was uh, And then finally when that product came back in the packaging and the packaging was beautiful. And it felt amazing. And we were able to put it on their yes. website for sale. It was like, you know, one of those emotional releases that you want. They, they cried. They're like, look at, look oh. at all my hard work. And that for me was success to see them so excited. Um, success for me is honest, accurate information um, and, and being able to share that with other people. So success for me is even participating in this podcast and helping to share that. So I really appreciate you. Having I, love me on. I love it. It's been it's Incredibly great for me as well. Fascinating and uh, informative and fun and you're yeah. fun and this has been great. Um, and yeah, I love what you said there, you know, not only about educating others and seeing them get it, but seeing someone come in with you and having a dream and having a concept and having a vision and then seeing it turn it, you know, come to fruition and, uh, and kind of like, you know, the ribbon cutting. I think that's so awesome. Yeah. Um, so that's, that's amazing. Now, um, as we close, you know, obviously how can listeners get a hold of you and uh, find out more about HHP Collective and connect with you? HHPcollective.com would be the first place. And there is a form there. You can also email Ella, E-L-L-A at HHPcollective.com. Wonderful. Anything else you want to plug? Anything else you, you have going on that you want to uh, send people to? Not yet. <laughs> Eloquist Skincare, if you're in wheat, if you find yourself in Wheat Ranch. And you yeah, exactly. I mean, you help so many people with their stuff. I mean, I'm not sure, you know, have, having your own thing would be, would be amazing too, but um, very good. Well, Ella, I really appreciate you. Thank you so much for jumping on with me and uh, teaching all of us so much today. Good luck to you this brand new decade, Thank 2020. You the 20s, the runner 20s and beyond. Awesome, thank you. Have a great and happy new year. Thank you, happy new year, all the best. Okay. We at Calican are passionate about cannabis marketing, branding, and web design. If you're a cannabis entrepreneur and you know you need an uptake in business or an upgrade in the way your customers perceive you, come check us out at calican.com and schedule a time to speak with us. Plans start at $248.
Thanks for listening in to Dank Discussions, and we are so grateful for each and every one of you. We want to continue making dank content you want, so give us some feedback about the topics you want covered. Feel free to reach out to us at grow at calacan.com. That's C-A-L-A-C-A-N-N.com. And follow us on Instagram for our latest updates.